Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. On ICL, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Hey, ICL fans. Today we're chatting with Yannick Bees, co-founder of HypeFurry. HypeFurry is a powerful scheduling tool for social media particularly for Twitter. I actually use it. But before Yannick began growing Hypefury, he co-created a Dutch startup that was the Uber for service professionals, and so did. He also has successfully created multiple websites that bring in streams of AdSense income from Google. If you're wanting to elevate your marketing skills, especially when it comes to marketing a startup, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. All right, Yannick. So Hype Furry, I've been using this tool, I don't know, for about three or four months. I like it. I think it's a great scheduling tool for social media, particularly Twitter. I found out it because people were talking about it on Twitter and I like it. I like that, you know, that you can actually have evergreen posts. I like the auto plug posts that appear after a certain amount of likes. So how did you get the idea for Hype Furry? Just tell us about that origin story. Yeah, yeah. So I I actually didn't like create Hype Furry. I was I, I met the founder when he built it i don't know a couple months in so sammy actually what he did he would he tweeted like hey is there actually a scheduling tool that lets you schedule threads and there were none back then this was like over two years ago and he was in a couple of communities because he was into fitness coaching and all these people were using twitter and they were like hey you have to build this this is this is great i want to schedule threads i can't right now i can only use the, the twitter interface and just it's it, it sucks so he started building i i don't know it took him a couple of days or weeks not even weeks i think a couple of days to build like the mvp so you could schedule a tweet and a thread and that was it and he was in all these communities with these twitter hotshots who had a lot of followers and he just plucked it there and they all loved it he started the closed beta yeah and that he just kept building features people wanted and yeah now where we started with like a vanilla scheduler we're now yeah a tool that gets you more inspiration it it allows you to create better content and once you have that content out it also allows you to just get more engagement get more news out of subscribers so it's 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 a lot more than it was a couple of years ago where it, where it just was a scheduling tool okay now how did you guys meet obviously on twitter is that how you met sammy no no actually not so i sold my startup six months to a year before we met so as i was on i was back doing some contracting work and i was on, on the loop i was going to be my next thing i was thinking yeah do want to start something or do i want to help grow something and i was on the indie hackers forum just browsing i did that like once a week and i went to the growth section or the partner section and people advertised saying hey i'm, I'm looking for a co-founder i'm a, either a tech guy looking for a marketing person or a marketing person for tech and so sammy was one of the people who posted he showed his product that there was a little bit of traction and i just reached out and said to him hey i'm pretty good at marketing i i would you know, love to get to meet you, see you for a match. So I flew to Paris, stayed there for the weekend. You know, we just had had food and, and, and drinks and enjoyed ourselves and, you know, got to, got to know each other a little bit. And yeah, we, we decided I would like do a quote unquote internship, a marketing internship. So I would just show Sammy that I was not full of shit, but I could also literally grow a business, uh -huh. which I did. 
you know, our MR grew nicely. And after a couple of months, we became business partners. And okay. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still doing that ever since. Now, what were some of the first things that you started focusing on in order to grow Hyfury, in order to get some more, more traction? Yeah. So I, I was I was looking at like different price points. So back then we only had the software, which was I thought like nine dollars. So it's pretty cheap, and we had a twenty-nine or thirty-nine dollar premium plan. And I was looking at well, there are people who just have a lot more money. This they want to grow faster. So let's start a, not, not even a growth course, but like a do it with you cohort. So I started reaching out to people. We started opening up a, a course where people could sign up and we'd have different tires to help people grow. So you'll have like a almost self-serve. So where we'd give you more info, we'd, we'd dive into your profile, get you tips on how to tweet your bio, stuff like that. And we'd have like a full service thing where we'd write tweets for you, change your bio, engage for you, stuff like that. And so that grew RMR very nicely. That was one of the things I did. And then I just, I immediately started doing SEO. I knew that wouldn't take off for months to come. But right now we're, we're, we have like hundreds of thousands of organic search visits every year. And that's all because I started a couple of years back building content, you know, and, and since then we've, we've started doing a lot of email marketing, a lot of other stuff. Yeah, but that's, that's part I do. Okay. So you have this on your track record, building a startup, selling it, and then now you're growing hype for I'm kind of curious, like what's an important truth about growing a startup that people might d disagree with you when it comes to marketing? Question. Well, like my, my first startup, I, I think a lot of people, they can build like a huge product, build it for a year and then launch it to the public. What we did was literally we built an MVP for one month. It was like Uber for service professionals. That was my first, first startup. And what we did was we created a, 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 yeah, a small MVP. The first thing we did was we went to like the biggest city here in Netherlands of Amsterdam, we got a couple of service professionals. We had no clue what would be like the hit. We just had, you know, an electrician, a handyman, a plumber, uh, somebody who could do, you know, vermin control, stuff like that. And we had no idea what we were up against, what kind of categories would perform well. So uh, I just started a Google AdWords campaign, bid on a bunch of keywords, and we just, you know, made made a couple of wagers what category would be the first job and it was like it was like i don't know wasps taking out a wasp nest somewhere that was like the first job but there was in it there was in no way like the most important category after like we've been doing it for like three six months like cleaning and electrician so you really need to test your assumptions but like we, we started like broad in a very small area so we could test see what what worked and then once we knew what the hot categories were we just did the same thing in all the major cities in the Netherlands and then we went to Belgium and then yeah so so were you bootstrapping this at the time or, or were you raising funds for this well we were with three partners like the two guys who were working in the business that was me and my co-founder another guy he didn't do anything but he had some cash so he was putting in 5k a month to keep uh -huh. us afloat and we were you know doing everything with that 5k and then you know once funds started coming in from like the jobs we were doing we had more money to spend in marketing hire people stuff like that and after I I know, I think about a year, that's when we raised our first round. Okay. And before you sold it, what was the MRR on, on this? Ooh, question. We did, I don't know, two, three million ARR, something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, Hype Furry, are you guys also, has this pri been primarily bootstrapped or have you raised any, any investment for this? No, no. So it's all self-funded, bootstrapped, however you want to call it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I saw this post that you did on LinkedIn and uh, we're still sticking with marketing here, Yannick. You said marketing isn't the most valuable startup skill. Creating something people talk about is. Okay. Why do you think this and how have you been able to get people talking about hype free? Yeah, that's a good question. So a lot of, a lot of, you know, like vanilla e-com stores, or you have a lot of businesses that think, well, marketing can solve our problem. Well, that's, that's usually not the case. You just, you need a very good product and then it's a lot easier for marketing to get people to talk about you. And so I, I genuinely don't like selling our product. I like to show what people, uh, what, what kind of results people get with it. And yeah, if, if you listen to your audience, but not necessarily always build what they want, but think a little bit ahead, like, I know people want to grow their email list, but it's, it's hard to do that on Twitter. What, we, what can we think of that will help them grow their email list? And if we build cool automation features, people are talking about that because it works. And yeah. because you have those auto plugs, if you have a tweet that does well, we auto comment something you you've pre-written, you get a bunch of email subscribers and people, people love that, you know, it's just on, on, on autopilot. Same with like auto, do auto DMs, you create a lead magnet, you share it on Twitter, say, Hey, I created something for free. Just reply with, I don't know, something and we'll DM you the link and that works perfectly. So your lead gen now goes on autopilot and yeah, we could do a lot of marketing there, a lot of push marketing, but people are yeah, just incentivized to talk about that because it's, it works so well at a product that's good. And that's why people you know want to talk about it. That's awesome. So in the beginning, people were talking about, Hey, you can use this tool for threads. And then I found out it because of the auto plug feature, right? I think that got my curiosity and that's why I checked it out. And that's why I use it now. Is yeah. there another feature that people talk about hype furry about that they get excited? Well, I think like recurrent posts is pretty like, I think it's a very powerful feature, but not many people use it. So how it works is literally, usually when people create content, they create content in for one particular niche or category. You know, I'm, I'm, I've just read a book about marketing, I don't know, building a story brand. I'm going to create tweets based off that book, but instead of just creating, I don't know, 10, 20 tweets about that book, I, I'll, I can put them in a recurrent post, create a category and say every Monday at 9am, I'm going to uh, tweet something about that book. And now you have 10 or 20 weeks worth of uh, content, which also gets recycled. So when those 10 or 20 tweets have been posted, we start at the first one again. And so in you know, 10 or 20 weeks, a lot of people won't have remembered that you yep. posted a tweet and you've gotten a lot more new followers. So they won't, won't even have seen that tweet. So you're literally, you're automating your timeline. And the funny thing is that the more you do it, the more traction you get. So in the beginning, I thought, well, I don't know if this is going to work, but I use it myself for marketing tips and stuff like that. And I keep getting more and more engagement and with posts I've tweeted, I don't know, like six months or a year ago yeah. for the first time. So that really works as well. <laughs> now you haven't always been an entrepreneur. I understand that you actually got fired from a job one time and this opened your eyes into entrepreneurship. Do you care to share that story and what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was employed by a business that like outsourced many management traineeships. And so I was outsourced to like a big bank. I knew that was, that was the deal, but I hated working at that bank. And what they did was say, well, you have to, you have a fixed contract here. You have to stay here for one and a half years at that bank. You can't go anywhere else. And I was like, I really hate it here. I don't want to, I don't want to stay here. Please, you know, 
let me go to another place. But they had a contract with the bank, of course, and they wanted to keep people. Well, what was wrong with the bank? I mean, was it just a boring uh, job or what? Well, I was, it was a bit more IT focused, a lot less marketing focused. So I just, I didn't like it. It was, it was a lot of financial stuff and it was just, it was really, I thought it was really boring. I wanted to be closer to where the action was, people, marketing. That was, that, that was a lot more me than, but I only found that out when I started doing the job, of course. And so I, I, I told the bank that I just wasn't happy and the bank wasn't my employer, of course. So they reached out to my employer and said, Hey, this guy here, Yannick, he doesn't really like working here. What, what are we going to do with it? So I was, a, I was a breach of contract. I had to pay like a, a, like a tuition fee because there was like a whole program behind that. So I had to pay more money in the tuition fee than I earned the, all, all, the entire time I was employed there. But the, the great thing is, I, I think I, I don't know, in the six months after I got fired, I think I earned more money than, than the, the tuition fee I had to pay. So, and that was because I, I opened my eyes and got into contact with a lot of different people. I went into digital marketing and yeah, it just, that, that was what, what opened my eyes to just a, a different world and yeah, to become an entrepreneur. No, not, not long after that. Okay. Okay. I also saw somewhere on your, on your profile that in 2019, you, I'm not sure if this is a certification or a degree, but something from the University of California, Berkeley, the science of happiness. What is, why did you do this course? And, and what, what is this course about, Yannick? Yeah, it's, it's actually a free course from, from Berkeley. Yeah. Basically it, it just teaches you what are the aspects of a happy life. Now, if it was three years ago, but it's like, you know, spend time with your family, don't overdo work. Yeah. I, I can't remember all the theory, but basically it was just giving you like interesting ideas and, and concepts and, and, and research on, you know, what a happy person does and what, what are things that, you know, if you feel shit, you shouldn't do. Okay. Now, have you designed your life for happiness? Or like, are there any life hacks that you have worked for you recently? Well, after I got fired, I started working at a digital marketing agency and everybody was doing a side business there. So in the literally, I know it was the first week, but definitely in the second week, I started my side business as well. And we, we all just created like websites, different, small, different pro uh, projects that got in passive income. And like the first month I, I started that website, I had, I don't know, I had like 15 cents of, of AdSense income and that just kept on growing. So the second one, it was 10, $10. And then it, it went up to like four or five K a month. And literally I didn't, I didn't have to work anymore. I didn't have to work anymore. And so that was a really important part of my life. And I've, I've continued, I still have like a hundred websites that give me passive income. And so that gives me a lot of freedom. I don't need to work full time. I can, I can choose to work less. And now my, my wife, she, she has a hernia. So I have to do a lot more at home. I have to bring the kids to school, pick them up, do a lot more in the household. So I, I, because of yeah, that design, I did a couple of years back saying, Hey, I, I want to, I want to have passive income. I now have, you know, a much more relaxed life, even though I, I, I have a little bit more on my shoulders because my wife is yeah out for, for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus the kids, right? I mean, the kids at 24 seven, it's a job that never ends. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, hopefully one day they'll, they'll move out and, uh, but that's going to take a, take a while still. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now for some fun questions. These are quirky questions that kind of reveal your personality for the audience. The first question for you, Yannick, is what attractive celebrity would you set your phone's wallpaper to? Okay. What attractive celebrity would you set your phone's wallpaper to? 
It's good. It's it's a, a Dutch model. I don't know how you pronounce her name in in English, but Douse Cruz. And I think she's she's really a very good looking lady. Okay. I would I would I would set my my background to that. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question for you. What's something weird? that you obsess about something weird or obsess about yeah i i don't have a lot of obsessions that's that's probably that's probably maybe the weird thing i i literally i'm a really down-to-earth guy like my my wife she can obsess about the smallest things like yesterday we had to like create like a whatsapp group to invite the kids to my son's birthday party and she can take an hour or two how, how do i word this am i doing this okay and i'm like just send a message don't don't worry i'm like yeah and so that's probably the weird thing i i don't i don't freak out at all you know and then yeah that's i don't know if that's a good or bad thing but just just <laughs> okay and uh, last question for you what's one thing that you're really good at probably better than most people especially when it comes to like growing a startup or digital marketing yeah i i think my my real skills are like probably the seo stuff and the ppc thing so i'm 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 really good at looking, you know, when, when, when I got on board at Hype Fury, I immediately looked at, okay, like what are the important keywords? What do we need to focus on right now, which will get us, you know, some search traffic in one or two years time. I know that there's like a lot of competition, some, some keywords. So we need to start two years ago for it to now bring us the fruits of, of our labor. So yeah, I've, I've been doing that for like, I don't know, 12, 15 years now. So I, I'm pretty, pretty experienced in, in doing that. Which tools do you use for that? Ahrefs, Search Console, Google Analytics, mostly that. And I go to like a conference at least once a year. It's called Search Love. It's in, in London where a lot of people talk about not only search, but also search and, and analytics, stuff like that. So to keep a little bit of my knowledge base up to speed, because I used to like really dive into blogs and, and YouTube videos, but right now just to a, a two-day conference to just get everything over in a short period of time. Yeah. For Hype Furry, I'm just curious, how many people are in the company right now? About 20. I think we have seven, eight people in a marketing team right now. We have, I think, six, seven devs. We have a couple of people doing customer success and then some, some people who are on and off, some designers and then other people. Yeah. Yeah. The onboarding process to me was, was awesome. I think there was like 10 steps and uh, I remember going through them and I just thought, wow, this is really amazing. Very good experience being, you know, in the onboard. Yannick, where can people learn more about you? Yeah. So you can go to highfury.com for uh, our business and uh, Yannick underscore vice. Maybe you could put that in the show notes because it's yeah. impossible for people to, to uh, decipher that on, uh, on Twitter. All right. We'll do. Yannick, thanks so much for being on Innovators Can Laugh. For everybody listening, this is Yannick Vess, uh, co-founder of Hype Furry. <laughs> thanks, Yannick. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. It's been a blast. Thank you. All right. Thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. Feel free to tell others about the podcast, help us grow, and uh, always uh, listen to, to myself at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you could hear more, more entrepreneurs and innovators from the European tech space. Cheers. What a great conversation with Yannick. He's somebody that's infinitely curious, like the story and how he met the co-founder of Hypefury by stumbling onto a thread he read and read it, and then flying to Paris to meet with them to see if there was a click, and then doing an internship to prove that he'd help grow the company. Pretty amazing. What I also enjoyed is hearing his ability to do experiments in order to find ways to drive more revenue like he did when creating a special cohort for valuable Hype Fury users or when he was looking for the ideal segment for his first startup. The other thing I love hearing about was how he puts himself in the user's shoes, like imagining what problems users are facing and once solved, which led to creating features in Hype Fury that help people bail their email lists. 
What a talented entrepreneur. I've included links from this show on the ICO website and newsletter. It's number 55. If you forgot and if you enjoyed this topic, feel free to give us a review at lovethepodcast.com forward slash ICO. As always, thanks for listening. Keep hustling out there. And this is Eric signing off. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.